let me just bring up what that normal beak looks like. You know what? You know what? <laughs> this feels like a good transition because tonight's movie has a little bit of weird sexuality to it. Uh, from from what I've heard, I'm free. I, I think my friend Caleb was telling me that this movie was the first one he watched with his parents, uh, and that it was a rough. Uh, it was a rough movie to break them into Wes Anderson. Which one with. is it we're doing? Uh, well, I'll get to it in just I, a second. So I can but, look it up. I'm oh, way more into this conversation than I am about than I am about fetishes, anything Wes Anderson. Fetishes, yes, because people are freaks. So how about we just talk about fetishes for two hours? All right, guys, welcome the to the Opinion Podcast. Today we're just going to look at weird fetish porn for two hours, <laughs> and then come back and talk about it. Brian could make I mean, that we happen. Do, we yeah. do a month of that. Our numbers will rise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to tell my pastor to stop listening. <laughs> you don't have to tell him that. He'll decide on his own. <laughs> he sure will. So, all right, and this guy needs some extra pray- prayers tonight. So, uh, Wait, pray for us all, please. I, uh, I gotta, we got to get a new, a new uh, B-roll intro because this is getting put at the end. Oh, so this is too dirty, but... <laughs> it wasn't when we were talking about ducks. Well, You're the one who started that. I wasn't the one who started it. Andreas was asking no, what car he could you fuck was. <laughs> you asked that question, not me. I answered it. You did go there. Did I? Yeah. yeah. I feel, no, no. That hey, editing Josh, like did he or did he not go there? No, <laughs> it's, me, ed- it's me, editing Josh. He didn't go there. Oh gosh! All right, well, that's gonna be a killer conversation for the end. Uh, re- yep. Speaking of killers, <laughs> hi, I'm Josh. I'm an analyst here in Nashville, and uh, my goodness, I'm just in. I I am just sexually aroused by old grannies. I'm Rick Fox. <laughs> it's part of the movie. I'm an aspiring author. And we already had a conversation that you chose to cut and put at the end because it was too weird, and that's what you open with? Well, that's a part of the movie, so that's okay. I'm Rick Fox. I'm an aspiring author, and I'm no longer comfortable watching this movie. <laughs> hey, by the way, you're an actual author. That's your book right there. Oh, yeah. Dang it. Just in case you forgot about I it. I still say aspiring author. I will never get o- get off that. I'm oh, Rick Fox. Like I'm an actual author. You blah, always blah, come blah. from the challenge. You aspire to publish yeah, another book. True. I do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Andreas. I'm an analyst here in Nashville, and I'm a purple-colored bellhop. I don't know. I've seen this movie once. Not not like a purple suit. And that's all you're like a purple <laughs> bellhop. Yeah, like my skin is I'm purple. I'm a purple person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Brian. I'm an illustrator in Nashville, and I, I'm, a, I'm a hotel. <laughs> and we're opinionated. Hotel. We're finishing out our Wes Anderson month. Thank God. It's been a great month of pissing Rick <laughs> off. Uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel came out in 2014. It has a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. It was written and directed by Wes Anderson, and it stars Ralph Phineas, F. Murray Abraham, Matthew Elmerich, Adrian Brody, Willem Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum, Harvey Keitel, Jude Law, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, and so on and so on. I'm sorry, did you say Ralph Phineas? Well, yeah. What what's wrong with that? It's it's isn't it Fines? Probably Ray Fines actually. <laughs> yeah. It says Ralph on a, Okay, maybe it's a different Blame person. The maybe English. it's Ralph Phineas. No, it's Ray Fines. Oh well. But Ralph. I know it's it's it is spelled Ralph 
Phineas, but it is Ray Fiennes. No. <gasps> a writer encounters the owner of an aging high-class hotel who tells him of his early years serving as a lobby boy in the hotel's glorious years under an exceptional concierge. This sounds concierge. boring a as a bag of dicks. Uh, kind of like customer Actually, that's service. Actually, bag of dicks could probably be entertaining. This sounds boring as... Rick. A bag of toenails. You heard it here. Rick thinks a bag of dicks is entertaining. Because you, more than anyone, should know that IMDb descriptions are not good good ways of measuring a movie. Yeah, but if that's the description of like the best things they can come up with to talk about, ooh, not not. But they don't high always hopes here. talk about the best things in IMDb. Yeah, but at least the other ones were like, "There's an island made of dog trash." Like, and if there's a little kid getting trash. struck by lightning. No, if they did Page Master, the IMDb would be like, "A boy goes to a library in the." middle of a storm <laughs> that's not inaccurate rick, rick rick how about this one L- let me see if you can figure out what movie this is describing a pragmatic paleontologist visiting an almost complete theme park is taxed Jurassic park with protecting a couple of kids after a power failure yeah but that's just like an actively is that the actual imdb that's the actual di- that's the actual no. imdb they can't thing. not put no. dinosaurs and stuff in there are you well, I serious may have, i may have not read the last what? bit which okay was, Causing the park's clone dinosaurs to run loose, but still. yeah, that's yeah, the important exactly. Part. That's the important part. You can't just leave out the important part. Dude, you can't just be up. like a archaeologist travels around the world searching for treasure and happens to fight a bunch of fucking Nazis along the way. Well, no, that one still works because an archaeologist, an archaeologist traveling around the world searching for treasure, still sounds fun. Yeah. Why aren't we watching these movies? Because haven't we? Instead, watched? we have to Actually, watch. Have because I'm this trying, totally boring, I am trying to raise your blood pressure. Excuse for a dull movie. You have no idea. You have nothing. You know nothing about this movie. I know Don't who directed judge. it, and Don't I know ju- that this man is known for being extremely repetitive with his stories. This it's high so, stakes. So, guess what? Haven't enjoyed the last three. Probably not gonna enjoy this one. You enjoyed Moonrise Kingdom. It was Moonrise okay. Was good. You liked it. It was okay. You enjoyed watching it. It In comparison okay. to everything else Wes Anderson has produced, you enjoyed it. Yeah, and this is everything else included in that everything else. You haven't so, seen this movie yet? All right, this before before, before you I've piss seen, your so pants too hard, do you know anything about this movie? Wes Anderson directed it. All right, cool. Moving on from you then. <laughs> also, a has guy anyone... will run away suddenly in the middle of a conversation. Has it? I mean, that's going to happen. Yeah, okay. What, do you have a problem with There will with probably the... be a tiny motorcycle. Actually, also, I think you're right on that one. Likely, there will be a complicated plan that doesn't go as according to the way that they explain it. Despite Gosh, the fact that they spent like 10 minutes if, if explaining only it. It could have been a simple plan that goes exactly as planned. That would have made great That's cinema. That's a good movie. My yeah. goodness. Get out of here. Has anybody else seen this movie? I almost put my hand up and that was pointless. Uh, yes, I have seen this movie <laughs> precisely once. Thoughts? I enjoyed it. Yeah. It I mean it did not impress me as much as Moonrise Kingdom did, okay. but I also just have a huge soft soft spot for Moonrise Kingdom. So sure. I'm curious to see if I'll like this as much as I did last time. Okay. Brian, I think I might have seen a couple minutes of it on TV, but that's mm-hmm. it. Is Bill Murray in this one? Yeah, Bill well, I mean Bill Murray's in all of them, but yeah. I wonder if he's cucking or being cucked. You really got a thing for cucking tonight. <laughs> I mean, no, Bill Murray has Bill been called Cuck Murray in at least one of these movies that I remember. Is he cucked in more than one? I know well, it was Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. No, he. I, I don't think he's. He was kind of cucked in in aquatic life aquatic. And Isle of Dogs. Wait, no, 
No, because he wasn't that dog in Isle of Dogs. I was about to say, which one was he in Isle of Dogs? I don't know. I haven't seen this movie. I've seen a couple clips on YouTube and stuff, and it looks entertaining. Like Mrs. Fox could have been banging that badger. Oh, no doubt. That was George Clooney. <laughs> the badger. The, yeah, oh, but wait, he so would have been the no, cover. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe originally the fox was with the badger. I, and I, so, well, I, no, she this, was uh, frivolous. Yeah, she exactly. Was, we are like 10 minutes into this, and we've gone so far off the rails. I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that's what we the do. The longer I stall, the less time I have to be watching that, or the longer I can <laughs> no, go without no, watching that movie. No, it's not the less time you have yeah. to, you were still watching the movie. Yeah, that's true. All right, I, we're, we're going upstairs before we just like <laughs> blow up full of vinegar tonight. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was how, the goal. How do I normally do my mid-roll before we go up and watch the movie? <laughs> well, Josh, my book is called Fate's Pawn, and it is also full of vinegar, so oh, you, you should go guys, buy it on if you, Amazon. If you guys want to read a book that has a simple story with no problems, you should read Rick's book, Fate's Pawn. <laughs> it does have problems. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a perfect writer. <laughs> uh, for real, though, it is a fun book, and you can find it on Amazon, uh, e-reader or paperback forms. Again, r- Fate's Pawn. Check it out. Uh, additionally, before we go watch the movie, uh, if you enjoy our podcast and want to help support us, our Patreon is live. It's patreon.com slash opinionated. We've got all sorts of bonus content there, including first impressions, uh, listener requests, and even the odd tabletop role-playing game episodes. So definitely go check those out. Again, that's patreon.com slash opinionated. Guys, we'll be back in just a minute after we're finished watching The Grand Budapest Hotel. Why do you want to be a lobby boy? Who wouldn't? At the Grand Budapest, sir. And so my life began. Junior lobby boy in training under the strict command of Monsieur Gustave H. <laughs> Many of the hotel's most valued and distinguished guests came for him. I love you. I love you. She was dynamite in the sack, by the way. She was 84. Mm, I've had older. This was also when I met Agatha. She's charming. She's so charming. Is he flirting with you? Yes. I approve of this union. I became his pupil, and he was to be my counselor and guardian. The police are here. Tell them I'll be right now. She's been murdered, and you think I did it. Hey! Stop! You're looking so well, darling. You really are. I don't know what sort of cream they've put on you down at the morgue, but I want some. This is Madame D's last will and testament. To Monsieur Gustave H, I bequeath a painting known as Boy with Apple. Wow. What? Who's Gustave H? I'm afraid that's me, darling. If I learn you ever once laid a finger on my mother's body, living or dead, I go to bed with all my friends. We need to make a plan for your survival. Hide this. It's in code, and you might need a magnifying glass to read it, but it tells you exactly where and how to find Boy with Apple. I'm a baker. I'm not a fence, if that's the term. I want roadblocks at every junction for 50 kilometers. I want rail blocks at every train station. Oh, I don't like the Beatles. Neither do I. Excuse me? I like the Beatles. They're fine. Like, I get why people like them, but they're just... I mean, I don't have Beatlemania, but I gotta admit, like, they got... If you if you're they listing out chops. like numbers of bangers, Beatles yeah. got some bangers. Mm. Come together, one. Mm. I, that, I mean that's my favorite. Okay, so, so I wanted we, to make sure you I'll, still like. It. So I'll, it's a banger. It's I'll give you them. Come together, banger. Right, we got we got to get at least five for me for, to be impressed. For the longest time, I thought they did "House of the Rising Sun." I was nope. like, that's my yeah. favorite song from them. They're like, no. yeah, nope. That's Hold that's on. a good song though. Pull up there not right. a not a Beatles banger. Josh, what you got? Here comes the sun. 
also a banger. I literally don't know what that song is, so. <laughs> Here comes the sun. <laughs> Here comes the sun. Nope. I see. Yeah, I know that one. It's Meh. all right. It's a, it, yeah. it, you guys are out of your gourds. Hey, I Jude. mean, they were highly influential, but I don't think they I really say, stand hey up Jude over time. Banger. It's yeah, a, it's fine, but it's like, but it's not. It's kind of too sad to be a banger. Uh, come together, don't don't let me down. That's Jude. a great one. Live and let die. Here comes this. Live and let die. Was that Is by that the then? I thought that yes. was a, no. I thought that was a cover. No. Did they do a uh, paying it black? No, Rolling Stones. Rolling do you, Stones. you guys didn't know Be- Live and Let Die was by the Beatles? I get is the popular version not the Beatles then? No, it's by Wing by the band Wings. So Beatles did a cover up. <laughs> no, the Beatles did it first. Let it be. Let, Let it, it be, be is a banger. Let, Let it be. be. Yeah, I don't know that one. Uh, still one okay, alright, alright. It's kinda half and half. The Wings was Paul McCartney's next band, and it was written by him and produced by the Beatles producer. So it's not like, counting it's it. Not, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll let you not count. <laughs> all you it need is love. It. Love is all you need. That, uh, That's two. a great We're one. Up to two. We've got uh, two. Excuse, just because you haven't heard it doesn't mean it's not a banger. <laughs> I am the walrus. Here comes the sun's a great no, one. Not a banger. Okay, That's fine. Okay, you know what? Screw it. I'll give you. I'll give you that. They have three bangers. Twist and shout. Total. That's the Beatles. Yeah. Right. Can't buy me love. No. Uh, do a little of that for me. Can't buy me love. That's not bad. I wouldn't put it in my top. Maxwell Silver Hammer? A little of that. I don't really want heroin. Look, That's okay. a stand. All right, all right, hold on. You know what? I can understand you saying, oh, they don't have any bangers, since apparently you've heard, like, three of their songs. And you're like, eh, hey, Jude's not that great. I didn't say it's not great. I just would not describe it as a banger. Okay. Well, all right. You also have to contextualize bangers in the time that they that, came out, right? Well, like, it's just because a 1950s it, it's how banger, it makes me feel a 1950s it to be a banger. banger is still a banger. It's just not, you know, you, a banger standard. It's a soft Greece. banger, sure, but yeah, that doesn't, soft, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that doesn't make, that make it a banger today, though. Like they were great. Like yeah, I'm, I fully you, admit you they were highly influential and great for their time. I just don't think they st- stand up anymore. Okay, well, in that case, I feel like the uh, uh, the I mean, retroactive word for a banger is a bop, right? Like, the yeah. Beatles got lots of Something bops. Something that makes you want to move. Yeah. And that's not Hey Jude. Hey Jude. It doesn't make yeah. you want to dance. It's, it's yeah, a sad song. I don't see their sad songs a banger. There, are some, good, there are some banger sad it's songs, banger, though, but not down. that one. Uh, maybe I could go along with that. Somebody that I used to know. You know, that's got a little more energy to it. Yeah, yeah, I could call that a banger. Speaking of bangers, I gotta say, uh, Ralph Phineas really <laughs> liked to <laughs> banger, didn't he? Oh, oh, he was all into all, the, all those old ladies. Good. Also, this movie was was I mean, I, it was probably my favorite of the Wes Anderson movies we've watched. I for think this so month. too. I was I not really expecting an adventure. Right. You, you know, know it, was, it was a lot of fun. I will say this for the movie. I think I enjoyed more of this movie than I have enjoyed of any of the other Wes Anderson movies that I liked. But there's sort of this weird effect where the beginning of it, I really don't like. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, I, c- I can get into this. And then as it gets towards the end, it wraps right back around out into I really, really hate this. What did you okay. not like about the beginning? Uh, just the whole, like, here, here's a story that we're going through this girl's book that she's reading because she's looking at this statue. Oh, wait, we're not actually telling that story. We're telling this story through a book that he's telling because he's not actually telling that story. We're actually hearing the story of this old man, and it isn't even his story. It's really the story of Voldemort. I feel like it's a stretch to call that the beginning, seeing as it takes, like, five minutes tops. It, 
Oh. And it's it's just setting up the frame, like it's the framing device for the rest of the movie. But was it necessary? Yeah, that's what I knew. No. I sure think. About. I think. That I think it's pure whimsy. Like he just wanted to do it. I mean, it's definitely whimsical. But I think that it also makes the end of the movie not like because I agree that the end of the movie is kind of just like ah things went great and then he died. The end. Oh, I f- right. I, we're and, gonna and talk I know about you, that. I know you hate that, but yeah. I feel like it works more for me because it's wrapped up in this. You know, we're 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 is a book, and in that this book is the author of- describing a conversation that he had with someone telling them. His I life really story. think like, they could cut out the girl reading the book and yeah, just had the author. That- like sure. that was w- definitely sure. too much, it especially was, because that like, was the part where it was whimsy. But again, that's like thirty seconds at the beginning. And like, well, uh, actually, actually, how much screen time do you think that actress has? I like th- I think a minute. I think it's less than sixty seconds. Yeah, like it yeah, is, it it around is hardly yeah. in the it's, movie. It's, but it's not that that bothers me. It's the fact that that she does this at a statue dedicated to this unnamed author to read the book that in- includes him telling the story. Of what's actually the move, what the movie is about, yeah. like this sure. whole book. Why, why not just do that with everything? It's not even. Yeah. A, it's like a framing device for the framing device for the framing device for the framing device. Masturbatory on top of that. Really, Wes yeah. Anderson movie, wet masturbatory. No, doesn't care about anything. Masturbatory. But how is it a big <laughs> deal either? It's thirty seconds it's, of the movie. It's, it's pointless. It is extremely off-putting to me because I don't like it. It is really fucking pretentious. Literally, all you had to and do so, was like, ah, I got a eyelash in my eye. Let me rub my eye for a few seconds, and then you wouldn't have seen it. But it, it would have been not more that big a deal. pleasant than watching perfect. this shit. Yeah, let's flip the flip the tables on this. Why should it exist, Josh? It's it's there because it's whimsical, and if, if it doesn't can, work for you, that's fine. Enough if I can get an eyelash why, stuck why in my eye and miss it? all of it, and it changes good. nothing about the movie, no, nah, it doesn't need to be there. Screw it. It oh, informs okay. absolutely nothing upon this story. That that's fine. I'm not arguing against that. I'm saying have 30 seconds of outrage and be done with it. We would have, but you've made it way more of a thing than I intended. No, you guys are like, ah, it's bullshit that she's reading a book on a park bench. I hate that that's how the story is, is presented to me. No, I said I really don't like the beginning of the movie. Because it, uh, it takes me a while to get into it. Because first we have to sit through this minute of this girl okay. walking through Maybe a, I misunderstood let me get you. in Maybe there. Maybe I misunderstood you. When you said you didn't like the beginning of this movie, did you mean I didn't like the first 30 seconds of the movie? No. Okay, then taking that aside, what about the actual beginning of the movie do you not like? After we get through the masturbatory 30 seconds of this girl wandering up to this statue for I mean, no goddamn reason. barely even away. Then we go through... <laughs> A full five, full two or three minutes of, oh, I'm this author and I'm sitting here talking for no goddamn reason. And there's this kid who's shooting at me and I'm going to yell at him. No reason for that. And then I'm going to finally get into where I'm telling you the story. Oh, wait, but that's not actually the story because I'm just resetting the frame for the next five minutes where I'll explain to you that this hotel exists, which really requires all of this explanation. I like that part. I didn't like the hotel part. If they had only done that part. Fine, I'm on board. Yeah. I can get on board with that. But it's the like, oh, let's go down through multiple layers of shit that will not actually affect anything in any way. Yeah, It really put me off of the movie for a long time, but once the story actually got moving, I kind of liked it. I guess they need the hotel in its decrepit form to be in there, but I, I just didn't like the initial hotel introduction with like the, the weird people in there. Yeah, it just didn't seem necessary to go to all that trouble I think it's for necessary. That. I just don't like the way they did. Well, I think there needs to be another, like, I, I don't know, maybe if 
I don't know how they could have done it better, but this one left a weird taste in my mouth. What, what left? Like, the the style of the updated, almost 70s version Grand Budapest Hotel? I, I guess. Ma- mainly just uh, the author's um, retelling of what the hotel was like now that it was a ruin. And, like, all the characters in it at the time. Up until it reaches uh, the current owner of it, uh, Zero. Then I really like it. Well, I mean, I guess that I see why that's in there because it shows yeah. where the hotel currently is because yeah. you're about to see everything it's gone through, you know, 50 years prior. Yeah. So you can get to see the heyday of it when it's, you know, booming and bustling. And now you're here and you see it like old and decrepit. So I can see what they're going us that for. I just didn't helps, like it. But and, yeah, and, I, and if it's just not your taste, that's fine. But I, I like story like I like it when, you know, Oh, it's it's a guy walking through old like castle ruins, yeah. and then mm-hmm. he's like he's remembering his time as a page, and then the story is about like I'm straight the up castle. And, and, and maybe I, I would like have liked that a lot better if we were just in the completely shut down building, and the author's there and zero's there. See, I, 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 I feel like compared to the Grand Budapest Hotel in its heyday, that's kind of what we're getting because it's like I oh, don't want to see weird old people getting like washed in the pressure wall, pressure washed, yeah, yeah, yeah. while screaming. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> I like this in theory, mm-hmm. but in execution, I have a big problem with it. We're spending all of this time telling us about this Grand Budapest Hotel, kind of giving us getting us set up for a story about Zero and telling us mm-hmm. about him and his relationship with this hotel, because it clearly matters to him a great deal. Mm-hmm. What we find out is he worked there for six months, through a series of silly events, got the hotel, and that's why he has an immense connection to it, even though... Almost all of those silly events had nothing to do with the hotel, and I get that in theory it is more about his um, relationship with his sort of father figure yeah. uh, throughout this entire movie. Um, oh, Gustav, right, Ralph Finney's yeah. um, Gustav, and and <laughs> like the character that he presents. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I do really like Gustav. I love his character. I, mm-hmm. but when we find out that one Gustav died like ten minutes after the movie ended or the story of the movie ended. Mm-hmm. And then also the girl that he was in love with through the entire movie also died with their kid like two years later. It immediately makes me go, oh, I don't give a shit about any of this now. Because he didn't actually have Why? this gigantic relationship with the, with the hotel. Like he didn't have like 10 years where he was continuing to, to have this time there. It's just, oh yeah, we, we, we banged there a couple times. You know, it's whatever. I mean, I don't feel... Uh, yes, the characters weren't like aged up, but I don't feel like they, you know, oh, he was rich and then it was a month later I that thought it was like no, it was years died later. And, uh, he died no, she sure died two years train. later. He like he died like a week later. And then he stopped working there? Uh no, then he got the hotel because he was his heir. Okay. But he stopped working there. I don't know if he stopped working there or not. He, he I think he took over the the spot as concierge. Yeah, he took over the concierge okay. well, spot. I mean, that's when... 2 years to be with his wife and those are the only times they had was in that hotel. I guess it just that ending immediately ruined the rest of the movie for me because I was having a pretty good time with it up yeah. until it got to that ending that was just needlessly tragic for no reason. Yeah. Like and all of the investment that I had up until that point in how silly and whimsical what it was just immediately got evaporated. I like, like the way that they starred it. Like, I like that it was a mirror of that original scene on the train. Yeah. I don't like that it was just off scene, and then he's like, and then he got shot and died. Yeah. I, like, want, I want that to be more grand, I actually, guess. I kind of like the way Gustav dies. Like, he went out exactly the same way he, you know, Yeah, I like the way he died. Bodies. I don't like how they 
used the scene. To, like, they killed him off screen. I don't think I wanted to see that. I th- I think seeing that exact last moment of him is what I Capturing needed. Capturing I didn't essence. want any of that. Like, why did you spend this entire movie having this character be fun and whimsical and this entire s- extremely silly adventure just to be like, oh, and then he was brutally murdered? Well, not brutally. Well, I mean, they, brutally, they've yeah. been it was pretty. Up. It was about as brutal as you can get. I, I, just, the head isn't brutal. I'm isn't not saying like, br- like they took him out and beat him to death, but that's having like a being, brutal murder being is. executed by the government for no goddamn reason that's at all is a brutal murder. No, that's an execution. execution. A brutal murder. Rick, you need to you need to relearn your rankings of uh, of like how. How, Do I need to look up the definition of are. brutal for you right now? Look up oh the definition God. of brutal murder. I. Josh. Brutal is savagely violent. Yeah, I'd say getting shot in the head is pretty savagely that is fucking violent. That's standard violence. That's <laughs> savage. No, if you, no. Standard if you shot violence, him in every other body part except for the head, standard would violence be brutal. is a punch that is clearly a foot in front of the person's face, but still somehow knocks them down and breaks their nose. No, that's lesser violence. Yeah, that's standard. small violence. <laughs> Ridiculous. It ruins the movie for me, like entirely, one hundred percent. That's fine. I but never want to watch murder. a moment of this movie again because of that shitty ending. That's a bit much. Uh, no. Honestly, <laughs> uh, for clarity, a brutal, vi- brutal violence is violence with extreme unpleasantness, with no attempts to disguise it, or extreme and punishing discomfort. I a would horrible say... murder with lots of blood and gore mm-hmm. is a brutal murder. The kind that comes out of your head when you're shot. No. The kind that comes out of your body when you're and hacked up. When you're cutting your hat. And sprays over the two children that you have recently married. No, they stayed on the train. Yeah, but they probably still shot him get shot. They didn't well, spray they on them. spray on them then. You don't know that. We didn't see it. Well, Zero didn't mention it. Seems like a God. detail he would have left out for dignity's sake. No! I'm pretty sure he would have mentioned it or Paul. He mentioned, he mentioned... <laughs> Damn it, I forgot the guy's name now. Oh, Gustav? man. Huh? Gustav. He mentioned Gustav in there getting head from old biddies. Yeah. <laughs> it's not uh, like he, it's I not think like he exactly uh, shies away from back to the be- topics. Back to the beginning of the movie, which I did not appreciate. <laughs> uh, but man. invested you nonetheless. No, that part didn't. He was didn't. a strong character. You, he was a strong he had character. Flaws. Up till that was still in the purpose of like the or the point of the like beginning twenty minutes where I was not enjoying myself at all. That's By the middle, I really liked Gustav quite a bit. He's I was very guy. fond of him. I enjoyed uh, the Ray Fines really brought a lot of fun to the character. I think that he did an excellent job of making someone who could have felt very officious and like stuck up and and mm-hmm. shitty feel not necessarily friendly but likable. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it seemed like he seemed like I don't I don't want to say man of the people because that doesn't quite capture what I'm right. trying to say, but he man was like man of the right people. Well, no, but he was like he was a friend to everyone who also put a lot of importance into, um, like, tradition yeah. and mm. proper procedure. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I, one of the things I really like specifically about Gustav um, is it kind of goes against a number of the problems that you had with some of the other Wes Anderson films that I don't particularly find as a problem, but mm-hmm. you've mentioned before just how stilting a lot of the dialogue is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes because the characters aren't showing a ton of emotion. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that doesn't bother me too much. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, you've got, you've got some characters like that. And then you've got others where, you know, specifically uh, Ralph Phineas mm-hmm. as Gustav, <laughs> uh, he's got... He, 
It's a the, shame that the look on Andreas's face does not translate, translate yeah. to an audio format. He's got he's got that kind of straight laced, monotone speaking voice when it's appropriate for him as a concierge. Yes, mm-hmm. and then otherwise, he's still got like he 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 speaks high class because that's what he's trying to be. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely got a lot of emotion in a number of different scenes, and I, would, I really appreciate that. I would say so. I mean, it's still pretty muted, like. There's a moment where he I mean, loses. It's still Wes Anderson. What was that exactly. word we looked up? Which one? When we were watching that uh, trailer thing up there, the word that means like don't care ennui. about any. Uh, yeah, he doesn't have ennui to me. I would say but what I'm no. used to. All uh, the, of Wes Anderson's characters having, he's very alive in his lust for old women. It's probably because he got gets killed in the middle of the movie, <laughs> but uh, well, the, the end the of the movie. End? Yeah, the end middle. of the movie. The end of the movie. The last thirty but, seconds of the um, movie. I would say that zero. After the story that he's telling ends has is like lives a life of ennui. Like that's the entire purpose. Yeah, of it. but he, he has a good reason for it. I it's mean, not like all of Wes Anderson's if characters. You're only, to where if your only father and brother figure dies, and then your wife after and your infant wife child. and infant child, I feel like that's you know you've got some decent grounds that's, for ennui. It's fair. not some I'll fourteen you, year old who's just like, man, life sucks. I'll give you fifteen, twenty years. But this is an old man. Eventually, get over it. No, as an old man, he's coming back like to it's like, like Batman remember should the gig over times. his parents. He died. should. He should. But he <laughs> no, as an old man, he's not. And I'm I'm reading it because I had to look it up again. He's not succumbing to a feeling of listlessness and despair. He's coming back to like remember the good times that he's had in this place, even though it's kind of fallen down apart. Like the Grand Budapest Hotel has fallen down around him, but he's like there because he enjoys the memories that he has there. No, he's going there because it's the only place that like he feels anything, I feel like. Like he is kind of just sitting there like I'm sad. And this is the way I felt literally for right, forty to fifty sad years. Sad is not having like And because I have nothing else despair. in my life to to entertain me that is, or that is not to what the movie said. Give me anything. I just do this. Oh, hi Jude Law. Do you want to hear my life story? Because there's only one event that ever happened that is, in my life that, that is, I felt that anything the, about. That's, that's, I don't feel that's like that's how all. that went That's down. not at all how it went. <laughs> the introduction between him and Jude Law was him being like, ah, I love these baths. No, his no. introduction he was, was like, that he said he loves Jude Law's work. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then, they're, and then they talked, and he's like, oh, these baths sure are nice. No, that he's was like, Jude, oh, Law. You, Jude Law. He said, and he's like, yeah, you should have seen them back in their heyday. They right. were great. Right, he said, now they're a big pile of shit. But he still liked them. <laughs> no, he thinks yes. it's all a big pile of shit. Everything no, he that he, he loved, everything he loved is dying and decaying in front of his eyes as he lives a life of looking back at the two years that he had some vague form of happiness. Have been happy after that. He just never got over the the most important people of his life. Yeah, it's, I took this as more of a returning to his roots kind of thing. Yeah, I would have t- took it that way if I got the impression that he had other things to do, but I just didn't. Like you I get that he's the only there sometimes. <laughs> the Jesus. other books, holes, uh, <laughs> and that's it. The so, other <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> so hang on a second now. This is something I just noticed. They say in the very beginning of the movie that uh, zero. Had in, inherited a fortune, Jeez. lived in a whole bunch of different castles, and lived all throughout Europe, and did all kinds of amazing things, and then traded it all to get the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, see, and, and they tell you this before you know who Zero is, and that's yes. you know what his whole story is. Right. Then we get to his back, uh, you know, his whole story that he tells, and he says that someone else, net, I don't think they ever specify who owns the Grand Budapest Hotel, some un, unidentified person. Yeah. Uh, 
I was assuming that was Ray Fines. Is that like he still considers it his hotel? No, he's not the owner because the remember the owner sends oh, the uh, the lawyer right. there to yeah. review the books. Yeah. Oh, that was the lady. Was it because yeah. they didn't actually say what, that? No, she because yeah. she was the owner of it. And she's she left the owner it of the will. I think left the, it to that's Ray what Fines. I was confused about because they. I think at the end, the if it is, it's that like he just takes care of it because it's actually owned by the government who have like a tyrannical hold gotcha. over everything. Mm-hmm. That that would make some sense, but that was not very well explained at all. It's not a very well explained movie in a lot of ways. <laughs> I'll kill you. Go for it. I'll take you. What? I'll throw you out a window like that cat. Don't you fucking Why does freaking Wes Anderson murder so many I animals for no reason? It. Because it's a great way of establishing a villain very This fast. was <laughs> the only time it was... A, I mean, the villain killed the dog in JoJo's Bunny Rabbit Adventure. I don't remember what the name <laughs> Moon of that Moonshine Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah. Kingdom. Moonshine Kingdom. Moon Rocket Down. <laughs> That's a very different movie. We could use some moonshine right now. <laughs> But Gosh, like the next Wes Anderson movie starring Popcorn Sutton. Oh Jesus! <laughs> he goes to collect it, the cat from like the dry cleaners or something, and then he just unceremoniously he... throws it in the trash. What the fuck what was are you that about? Do with your cat? Bury it. He lives Pre-made in the city. It. Take Pre-made it out it. into the woods and bury it. Anything that's not throwing in the trash. Okay, <laughs> hold on. True story. True story time. Uh, so, I'm am a... I going to hate you because you told me the story? No. Okay. So, Josh, well, why did know. you throw a cat out the window? <laughs> I didn't know if I should laugh or not. Why did you throw a cat out of the window while firing a bow that shot a dog while also murdering a rat with your bare hands? And chewing a fox's tail off. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, what happened in the Isle of Dogs? While giving all dogs everywhere a disease that murders them. Okay, I gave every dog AIDS. <laughs> yeah. No, per- Personally? Yep. <laughs> uh, when... <laughs> When I was in like middle school, uh, one of my buds, TJ, I think you might know him, uh, yeah. Rick, uh, he and his family moved down to Florida. Uh, and eventually, our family decided, hey, you know what? We're going to take a little road trip. We're going to drive down there. We're going to visit them, hang out for like a week, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we get down there, and we're hanging out. And one of the days that we're there, we've just come back from swimming, uh, we're chilling in the living room, and all of a sudden, we just hear this squeal of tires from outside. So oh, we run no. to the window, and we look out. And there is a cat who has been hit by a car. Oh, why are we telling this story? It it ties in. It ties in. The head was flat. No. The rest of the body wasn't. And it was trying to run away. But because the head was flat, it was just running in circles. And so it made a nice, perfect red circle on the pavement. Anyway, we're all horrified. You know, the, the his sisters and my sister all like scream and run into the other room and everything like that. And TJ's dad comes out and sees what's happening. He's like, ah, damn, you know, it belongs to the old lady across the street. She's who you would think of as a typical old cat lady, right? Right. So he knows she's going to be all torn up about it. So one of her 40 cats died. So he he gets a shovel because he has to scrape it up off the pavement somehow. (laughs) He scrapes it up off the pavement, puts it into a Kroger bag and brings it over to her. Kroger bag? Well, how? I mean, he's not going to pick it up with his bare hands. It's a smushed cat. He brings it over to her, and he goes, you know, a little old lady, I'm so sorry. Your cat has been hit by a car. Uh, you know, if you, you're you little and old, if you'd like help, I can, like, bear, you know, dig a hole for it or something like that. And she says, oh, no, that's fine. Just If you wouldn't mind, just, like, put it in the trash can and wheel that out to the curb. Apparently, little old cat lady had so many cats that – it's just a thing. Like, she loves them all dearly, but sometimes they the, get hit. The and joke that, that I happens, made is the actual <laughs> thing that happened. <laughs> yep, and when, and when that happens, she's just like, eh. In the trash it goes, I'll get a new cat. We are legion. 
Essentially. Why are you getting a new cat? You apparently already have too no, many. No, they so will many just people. create new cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh, you were wrong. I do hate you for telling that me. That was a bad story. How do you hate me? I didn't kill the you cat. You told me the story. You made I, me I didn't know about that in my life. I was just a witness to this story. And you could have been a silent witness telling nobody, you snitch. <laughs> so all I'm saying is that when Jeff Andres, Gold- did you kill that cat? <laughs> all I'm saying is that when <laughs> Jeff Goldblum gets his cat in a sack- I mean, like, I'm not going to lug my bloody cat sack all the way back home having it dripping on the he subway. He went to get it from dry cleaner or some shit. It wasn't shit. dry cleaner. He came downstairs and picked it up from Coat Check because he's uh. not going to go over and scrape up his cat off the pavement. Coat Check did it for him because, you know, top-notch service. That's fucked up. That person it is a fucked really up. You don't all not I'm bury saying is, you, you don't. No, no, no. That no. part's not messed up. It's not weird to just chuck your cat out. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Say say a, a prayer for it and be done. No. Whatever. Say, oh, rest in peace, Fluffles. You were a good hey, fluffers. Hey, Josh, what do you want done when you die? What do you want you buy to do? Legit. All right. Here, here is. My <laughs> if you do not tell me you want it thrown in the trash, I don't legit, want to hear legit, it. Legit. Here is my funeral plans. Um, the trash. It will be catered. <laughs> Everyone is required to have a crunchy taco, uh, because I don't like crunchy tacos. No one does, uh, and they're impossible. And they're like impossible to eat yeah. without making a mess. And that's the point. I want everyone to have taco shit all over themselves <laughs> at my funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, if I can convince my mother, I want to be fired from a clown cannon into my open grave. <laughs> I. Why do you assume that your mother will outlive you? <laughs> I feel like your better plan is to outlive your mother and have to convince Sarah. True, true. You're going right. to have to update sure. that plan. Wh- whoever, whoever, whoever is <laughs> hey, in Sarah, charge. If you're listening to this, whoever's in please charge, say yes. Who is that? Whoever's in charge of getting rid of me, just you know, confetti balloons, the whole shebang. Will you be, to be a fair, coughing when you're fired? That's from the not cannon? more dignified no, than being no, put in a Kroger bag and thrown in the trash. The coffin is at it's the bottom of the grave, but open. Self humiliation okay. kind of thing. And I'm fired from a cannon into the coffin at the bottom of the grave and then hopefully the force of me landing will shut the lid with a satisfying like <laughs> clang. What happens if you miss? Is there another shot or do we just roll you in? Ah, damn. Uh, a little in, bit less gunpowder, guys. In that case, uh, hopefully my pallbearers have brought some shovels so they can scoop me up. Okay. Put I don't in think, a big bag. Yeah, because I don't think uh, the human body was meant to survive. Like It was meant to like hold together after a little bit of decomposition. I mean, medical and science l- has come a long way. You won't, And you won't have like your organs and stuff. Like They'll take care of that. Yeah, exactly. I'll be a big like sawdust-filled pillow. I think I'm assuming I'll <laughs> pop when <laughs> I hit the ground. I think it's like confetti. You should put confetti inside just in case. Exactly. <laughs> See? I hope you do like land outside, and like as you hit, you just go... <laughs> and like all the <laughs> confetti shoots out of your mouth. <laughs> no, no, no. Hopefully no. the mouth. It's like the big. If, if that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, hang me up from a tree and fill me with candy, and just let come let everybody have a. Whack I don't at me. want any of your Josh candy, <laughs> mm, Brian. You want some of my Josh candy, don't you? No, he's already taken. All of he's already had those say, snips, so it's we fine. We haven't you can have talked all the about the want. movie in ten minutes. All of this to say. <laughs> That it's not that weird for Jeff no, Goldblum to get it, it. It's 100% okay, to last, throw away your cat wrong. The last 10 minutes of that movie is feels like a Wes Anderson movie to me, except more entertaining because I was part of the conversation. <sighs> Talk about the middle because you really appre- you, you said that you enjoyed the middle. I appreciate Ray Fiennes. Hmm. I think that's not quite the same thing, and I think that's a big part of why I'm so offended by the way that they just are like, oh, and then he died. Um, I, I really liked him throughout the entire movie and he really won me over which was a process Mm -hmm. um i think that the general i think the thing that is so endearing about him is that 
yeah, he's really far up his own ass, but yeah. you really get the sense that one, he is dedicated to his job mm-hmm. on on principle. He's not like trying to get something out of these old ladies. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like he's in it for the money somewhat. Based on what? The fact that they have to be rich and I, I don't and blonde and needy. So I think I feel, that that's I feel just like the, the, people... the line. The line where he's like, where where they're going to her funeral and he's telling Zero like, and you know you hope that they might leave something for yours truly in their will. Like I don't think he's doing it because he expects them to like make him filthy rich. I think he definitely enjoys it and he's in it because he likes it. But I also think that like. The fact he'll get written into their wills is also like he recognizes the bingo. Oh, I think he's aware of it. I don't think it's that. To me, based on the the way that he talked about like her, her, I got the impression that it wasn't that he wanted something that is of monetary value, but of like something to remember them by. Like to me, that implied that he wanted to have enough meaning in their relationship that she would be like, oh, and you know, take this thing that we'll both know like what it is and my coochie. Yeah. We'll Maybe. know what it is and the good times we shared. <laughs> but I, it could have been anything, not her most valued possession. See, I, uh, okay, given the reaction, it could be. But because it was just listed among the things, I just thought that... Um, Everyone else oh, shit, was, was pretty fucking surprised about it. Dimitri? Dimitri, yeah. Adrian, I just thought, Adrian Brody? I just thought that Adrian Brody was a petty dickhead and was like, no, you can't have that painting. Oh, he was, and, and also he murdered his mom. Yeah, like he's a horrible shithead, and I thought it was less that the painting is incredibly valued that mattered to him, and more, oh, you're giving away this painting. No, that's mine, along with all of the other shit that she had because I'm a horrible I think monster. it was more that, one, he hates that guy, but two, that's also like worth millions of dollars. Because after he talked about like the painting that he loved and they were in their bunks. He's like, and it's worth like 1.5 million. If you help me get out of this, it's yours or whatever. But the thing of it is, is that Dimitri didn't notice it was gone for like three weeks. Cause everyone, True, but I feel like that's because he's busy counting his other money. Right. Not because Which is what, what I mean by he doesn't actually care about that painting. No, he he has no sentiment. He, he's not like oh, I needed to remember my mother by. Like he's he's yeah. clearly it's valuable, and he doesn't want someone else to have it. Yeah, but I mean, like I think its value in relation to all of the other stuff is not that great. Like the total amount it's that worth he got, fifteen million Klubex. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the rest of his estate is worth fifteen billion Klubex. Like maybe it's just a tiny percentage of the entire thing, and he's just like, oh, I really want that because fuck that guy. I don't see. No, I, mean, I, I think we don't get. I think it's worth a lot of money, and he wants it. It's definitely worth a lot of money. I'm sure he wants it because of that. But at the same time, we don't get any sense of scale as to the rest of her wealth. Like, yeah, aside yeah. from her house, which yeah. is yeah. Well, I mean, her house right. is yeah. is absolutely worth a shit ton of money. But we don't get a dollar amount to it. Yeah, but yeah, we yeah. do see that everyone is there to like hoping they're getting even a tiny piece yeah. of it. So my yeah. impression is that she has an absurd amount of money, and this, while very valuable and maybe a particular piece among that entire thing is not the, the like the re- centerpiece well, but of everyone the, reacted to yeah that's what i was about to say everyone reacted as soon the, as right. they said and, and got the it. reason that i think it is because it's worth so much is because he didn't put up a stink when like his sisters and distant cousins were getting some things mm-hmm. he reacted when uh ralph phineas well, no, got some because it was worth so much jeff goldblum didn't spe- specify that and he also was like no, no all says, of this is mine like, a number he- of other people are getting all these things your sisters are getting some stuff oh and also this painting is going to so-and-so the, the sisters may be an exception because he seemed like not on bad terms with them i guess yeah. like they were They're around like the three I feel like, like which fates yeah, yeah i feel like they were, exactly. they were yeah. just kind of there yeah. also so like i don't know i i again 
to me, the impression I got, because it's not specified, was yeah, yeah, not yeah. that. It was, like, I didn't think that, like, she had all this wealth and 50% of it was this incredibly valuable painting. It was all painting. in one piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she left it there for you to find. Yeah. Um, let's mm. talk a little bit about the other character that is, is kind of central in this movie, Zero. Mm-hmm. I think that Zero is a big part of why this movie's charming, despite the fact mm. that Zero doesn't actually do a lot. Yeah. Like, he is sort of there to he's play... He's a vehicle. Yeah, he's sort of there to play off of and in a lot of ways copy Ray Fiennes. And well, I think and, that... and to balance Ray Fiennes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because because <laughs> he's... Because Gustav is so over the top in a lot of the things that he does. Right. Um, And Zero is very subdued and all that. And I think the reason it works for me is because the first taste we get of Zero is him as an older man, Mm -hmm. where he clearly has a lot of confidence. Like, even Mm -hmm. just the way that he speaks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, obviously, someone who's, who's like, grown into He filled in those shoes. Yeah. And so when earlier we see young, kind of awkward, like, almost like wide-eyed and bushy-tailed trying to just (laughs) absorb everything he can from Gustav... It feels like, oh, yeah, he's just young and, like, that's the point he is. Like, yeah. obviously, yeah. he's going to learn all these things and grow into the man that we've already met. Mm-hmm. And I like that towards the end of, like, the flashback where Zero's telling his story, we get a little glimpse of that where young Zero is starting to run the concierge desk. And and he's he's like, got a real mustache now. He didn't yeah. draw it on. Exactly. I like the little touches like that where we see him kind of come into himself yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because it makes the doesn't really do much, just kind of like nods and has a funny one line here and there. It, it doesn't make it feel like an incomplete character. Yeah, he's yeah. he's definitely the straight man of the movie, which is a funny position to put the younger character in. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that a big part of it is that every now and then he'll have a moment where you can see he's taking on what he's learned yeah. from yeah. Uh, Dimitri. Like he's mm-hmm. he's j- not Dimitri. Dimitri's the bad guy. Gustav. <laughs> uh, Gustav. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Th- and like he'll he'll have like that moment where he runs into the new. Uh, what is it, bus the boy? New, the new lobby boy? The yeah. new lobby boy of the thing. And it's like, this is terrible. What have you done here? This is awful. You'd never do this this way. No one's trained you. What's wrong I, with you? I you are a wall. Because it's, so Gustav comes in and he's like, hey, where did the bad guy go? Yeah. And he's like, where did where did Adrian Brody go? And the, the lobby boy's like, oh, he just went up the elevator. He's going that way and he's following the girl that you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Which is clearly the information that they needed. It is yes. em- like empirically, it is helpful information that is getting them closer to like the urgent goal that they have. Right. Yeah, it's almost step by step directions at right. that point. But Zero still takes the time to correct him because, like, despite that, like, no, you should. That's bad. You're being a bad lobby. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's shitty. And I think that this is an area where, to me, the framing device actually is a strength. Now, I don't like the way the framing device is presented, but the idea of having a framing device mm-hmm. around this story, of it being something that's told rather than something we are seeing direct mm-hmm. uh, evidence of, I like because it can m- let me take those weird, silly events like that into the into account and be like, that's just the way he's telling it. Like, maybe if this actually sure. happened, it, it didn't happen this way. But I think that that helps me buy into this story in a way that the details like that of Moonrise Kingdom or Fantastic Mr. Fox didn't let me pop, mm. like fall into as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really liked Zero as well as kind of like a protege character because he yeah. he starts off and he doesn't really know anything about the job. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know anything about what we should be doing, mm-hmm. but 
as he follows uh, Gustav, he gets more and more advice, and he steps up. And even during their adventure, when they're away from the hotel, he is doing his job. Like yeah. he grabs the stool for Gustav to get up and pull the uh, the painting off of the mantle. I really like that. like that was an unspoken yeah. like it was like, right, basically you need his this. idea. Yeah, he's like you need this, so let me get it for you. Yeah. I I think I would have liked to see it be more gradual over the movie because to me it feels like there's the initial scene where he's not super certain, but he's still mm-hmm. answering questions, and he keeps getting kind of told off. But mm-hmm. he's got one really good answer at the end of it for his interview and mm-hmm. that wins him the position and then after that it's like immediately okay I'm his protege and I know everything that he knows and I'm just ready I to I think after to the train scene was when he did it for, like after he saw what Gustav was willing to go through for him. Mm-hmm. That's when it yeah. really clicked for me that he's like, that, he's willing to do all this stuff. And there's also yeah. a little passage of time between the interview yeah. and like the next scene. And right, he has no like, one else in life at this yeah, point. Yeah, I, I just yeah. would have preferred to see that be a gradual change over the course of the movie. Yeah. And it is worth noting that even by the end of the movie, he's not perfect at this. Like when Gustav breaks out of jail, uh, Zero is there waiting for him and you've got the clone, didn't get a safe house, and Oh God! What was the third thing they didn't, didn't bring do? the disguises? Didn't bring the disguises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like he he missed out on three big things there. Yeah. And that's not really the end of the movie though. No, it's it's like two thirds of the way through. I, I do I do like that later because so they mm-hmm. like as, he helps break Gustav out of prison mm-hmm. and they're they're running away and then they have this whole scene where he like Gustav has to call in the secret society of concierges or whatever, <laughs> yeah. which is just like a funny scene. Yeah. yeah. But I like that when Bill, Bill Murray concierge gets there to pick them up and he's like helping them on their way kind of thing the stuff that the stuff that uh that zero has forgotten bill murray just kind of implicitly knew like he yeah knew, yeah he it was not any part of the conversation that gustav had yeah. with him yeah but he knew like, all right i'm gonna come pick him up he's here's his the perfume that he uses he's yeah. gonna need some yeah yeah, yeah. And can we talk for a minute about that prison escape uh, scene? Because honestly, I love that. That was just fun. It was not bad. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty funny. I, yeah. I did enjoy it. I think that it's not very serious, but like I, it was amusing. It's got see, and that's the thing is, I think that this movie for me, uh, all these middle parts are very amusing and mm. in a whimsical way that I can get in on board with. Uh, I, the difference between like say this and Mr. Fox is entirely the main characters yeah. because um, both Zero and Gustav are leagues and and miles better than Mr. Fox and baby oh, yeah. Mr. Fox because yeah. those I, two were just gigantic assholes. I these cannot two, debate that. <laughs> these two, I genuinely can be like, oh, I really want them to succeed. Mm. I like these two. Um, I think that just brings a lot more out of it and makes me so much angrier when they die needlessly at the end. Comparing them to Mr. Fox is, I think, valid because in Mr. F- or, yeah, because in Mr. Fox, they're... They're portrayed as like good guys who, oh, like you actually see they're doing like selfish asshole things. Yeah, you get a closer look at their actual character, and kind of the inverse happens here, where with Gustav, he's like you assume he's being pretentious and he's kind of being an asshole and all stuffy and everything like that. But then you get scenes like the train scene yeah. where he's like his principles yeah, shine through. He's real standing hard. up for Zero and willing yeah. to like get punched in the face by the Gestapo. You see it's not an act. He's not yeah. acting this way to like get a promotion or something. Or, uh, yeah. Not even a promotion because he's basically the head of where he wants to but be. But he still chooses to sleep in servants' quarters. Right. right. He he just genuinely but believes in servants quarters. giving people this, this treatment. <laughs> it's a little more room. It has an extra yeah. 25 It has a little feet. corner yeah. for him to have a little desk in. Yeah. yeah. He can sit there where he has his tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in between banging the old ladies that come to yep. the hotel. But uh, that's... Yeah. Honestly, that scene is what 
cemented Gustav for me as a character. <laughs> is him banging the old lady. No, <laughs> him Man, that really makes it three dimensional. Yeah, Andreas is sitting there like oh, my hero. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing what we're all thinking. About I mean, my ex was afraid. twelve years older than me, but you know. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're learning new things about everybody. That conversation. Met her, Josh. That conversation at the beginning of this podcast, which is now at the end of this podcast, is now very foreshadowing. <laughs> no, except <I> not. <laughs> no. Shadowing. <laughs> His fucking description of those old ladies, though, was the worst. What do you mean? He could have compared them to fine wine, like aging like fine, but he compared them to cheaper meat with better (laughs) flavor. (laughs) That was, no, I don't don't I, for one, also love cheap steak compared to expensive steak. I think it is better. I don't want old sex, (laughs) old woman sex compared to that. Brian, everyone knows that when you're having sex with an older lady, you have to pour A1 sauce on them. <laughs> I mean, it, it couldn't make it worse for the flavor. <laughs> yeah, no, mm, there's mm. nowhere for that flavor to go but up. <laughs> uh, nothing like nothing like afternoon lunch of Granny Apoff. <laughs> she, she was 84. I've had older. <laughs> so, Andreas, once you're done dying, you know, tell us why the scene of him. Uh, getting it on with grandma. <laughs> no, I was, was talking about favorite. the scene on the train where he punches a fascist in the face. Oh, that oh, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, and honestly, that's why I don't mind his death at the end of the movie because the only reason he survived this scene is because he had an, uh, a friend. Yeah. A a, an old son. friend or possibly a bastard son yeah. come step forward and say, nah, guys, he's cool. You know, like, here, you got to pass. Everything's good. Let's move on. The widest talking character that could ever exist <laughs> yeah. in a movie was leading. Edward wa- Norton yeah. comes in as because this is clearly like Eastern Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he comes in for the Germans, like. right? Yeah. And on all of the other soldier characters are, have come in, they're like Peppa's place, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm. And then Edward Norton comes in, he's like. Hey guys, how's it going? Ah, <laughs> right. I, I see that you've got your passport here. Let me take a look at that. Ah, oh, gee whiz, these aren't any good anymore, you guys. <laughs> Honestly, you, I kind of really love they get, didn't even try. You really need I to get this stamped by the appropriate yeah. n- municipality. Yeah, it's like I'm. I am certain Edward Norton would have done a terrible accent. If that was his real mustache, he grows a pretty good mustache. True, maybe it was pretty yeah. good. It was a decent mustache. He, he grows a pretty decent uh, facial hair. But anyway, talking about his death at the end, though, yes. you, you said you liked that because you know he didn't have his friend to step in for him here. Why yeah. not? You the, can, it's a whimsical. No, the entire reason that happens is because it's super whimsical. He should have, if we're going I'm, by a movie with real rules like that, okay. get murdered I'm, in prison. I'm saying that I can agree with you that the the fact that he dies is itself very abrupt. But if sure. if he wants to kill him, if you if if Wes Anderson wants to kill off Gustav at the end of this movie, I like that this is how he does it because mm. I like that it shows despite him becoming the uber rich dude because mm. he inherited the entire like, I mean, the way it sounded because her last name was like Taxi or something like she's the yeah. owner she's the inventor of taxis or something yeah. like she's the uber rich but right? he didn't the, get all that stuff he had to sell almost all the stuff to keep the hotel that was no, the that entire was thing he, that the, was zero no that was him like and so zero just got the hotel no which no, is actually still owned zero. by zero no, sold everything nope. to get the hotel i promise you it was you yeah, are they incorrect. Said at the very beginning zero sold he had a stuff. bunch of money and quit his job as concierge to be a patron of the hotel yeah, <laughs> but anyway, and I like that it showed him 
still he died being the same character that he was. I I would buy in. I would agree with that if I thought there was even the slightest amount of danger that money would change him. But nothing about this character ever implied to me that that was what he was seeking. So like maybe if I'd gotten the same impression as you about him banging the old ladies for the bit of money that he gets from it. Sure, but I never got that impression to begin with. His principles were always so like iron hard and, and he just determined. Just old like women. him with those old ladies, <laughs> right? Uh huh. But I I feel like there was never any danger of him like becoming a like asshole, be- becoming an actual asshole <laughs> after after getting money. So like it doesn't tell me anything new about his character. I already knew this because we had this scene where he got in a fight with these guys over saving this kid's life. So like mm-hmm. it's just let's do this again. But this time he gets shot. Well, okay. So something you keep bringing up is that this is a whimsical movie, and you don't like that something so abrupt and brutal happened during it. Sure. You remember a woman got her head cut off in this movie, right? Yeah. Another guy has fingers severed and the stuff in his sarcophagus. Yeah. Guy was strangled a, uh, yeah. in a temple. Guy got shivved in prison. Several uh-huh. guards got shivved in prison. I'm not saying it's not a violent movie. Yeah. I'm saying that giving now, me now, this character and this silly are, story about are, him. Some are brutally violent. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Along with getting shot in the head. Right. No, so All of these, no. So the difference to me is that I'm not invested in those characters as characters. Like, I like Jeff Goldblum because he's Jeff Goldblum, but mm. I don't care about that guy as a character. I don't care about he's that guy's sister cat. as a character. What an asshole. Well, he, his, yeah, he, oh yeah, 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 he did in a garbage bag or something. We talked about that. <laughs> yeah. After an old lady ran over it, I think, was the story. No, anyway. I, after Willem no, Dafoe. Oh, I'm getting all confused now. (laughs) But none of those people are characters I'm invested in, and they haven't spent an entire movie showing me how charming and fun this character is. So when you needlessly murder them, it's fine. Like I don't, I don't feel anything negative towards the movie and the story I've been told about it because of that. But if you're doing that with the main character that I'm super invested in because of how fun he's been, then it makes me just hate the movie because, like, oh, okay, you made me like this guy just so you could kill him in front of me. I'm curious. So you want. You basically want different rules between different tiers no, of characters. Hold on, I'm curious. No. I'm curious. That's what Rick, you're talking about. Would you have been okay with him dying in the same fashion if it was 30 years later? Yeah. Okay. It's just you don't like the abruptness of it. The abruptness of it makes me feel less interested in Zero's reaction to it as a character because, like, it's 60 years later and this is still the only thing on his mind. Like, it just it to me that took the story in a direction that made, like, it immediately took me out of the story. It felt like Wes Anderson was like, ah, I've got this fun little story, but I want to leave him sad, so fuck him right here at the end for no reason. Mm. I don't know why you keep saying that this is on his mind. Zero specifically said he kept the hotel for his wife and child. Yeah, but they were also, they died two years after they got married, so it's the same, like, to me that is equally as abrupt as him dying in this scenario. Sure, but it's not about Gustav here. Him keeping the hotel is not about Gustav. It's about his wife and child. It's wow. about both of them, to be honest. Like, because well, the times that it's, I think to me, I get the impression that the reason that he becomes the concierge of the hotel and all that is in, to honor Gustav, which, fine, fair enough. But the entire ending is all one wrapped thing. It's all kind of inextricably linked. I can't separate really their death from his death because they're just like, oh, he died. And also, they had died of plague like a year later. I do agree that they're. Their deaths, I think, are too sudden. I yes. think if they had died like later, like many years later, but both still died, and you, you know, the only one left, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this is basically just tragedy after tragedy, and then nothing. Yeah, that is what bugs me about the ending. Yeah, like, I'd agree with that. I I have absolutely no problem with uh, Gustav dying here. Like, no qualms whatsoever. But 
the fact that his wife and child both died just a couple years later, and it, it doesn't feel like there's enough time for him to build up this connection of between the hotel and them. Right. Because he's got two years. And, like, yeah, you can definitely get a connection, but, like, one that brings you back to buy the hotel and live in it by yourself. Right. Y- decades later is... I mean, these were, like, his soulmates. This was, like, the only family he had left, his wife and his barely-born child. Yeah, and telling this fun, whimsical story about these two having that relationship and then needlessly killing them at the end, it doesn't It doesn't make me sad about it. It makes me mad I watched the story. Hmm. Like, it, it annoys me that I am I got invested for that ending. Um, would you find it bigger if he had fallen off the ice? Not particularly. It would be... It, it's, it's similar. It's the same thing, yeah. Like, there's just needless tragedy at the end that's just there because he wanted an emotional reaction, I think. That's the impression that I get. Um, such but a good scene the on the other ice, thing that, I love that. Holy shit, you got <laughs> <laughs> But the other thing about that that I really don't like is that um, the way that that happens, and then we hit this... Uh, framing device of the story being told to this old man and then we hit the framing device of the old man telling it I guess as a story or something and then we hit the framing device of the book itself like all of that pushes it to say to me in a direction of yeah none of this really mattered so mm. it because maybe it didn't exist maybe this is all just a fictional bullshit story that I wrote like the the whole thing of it the way that that ending crams tragedy and then immediately puts a lot of distance between all the characters and the the highest level of the film where the girl is sitting on the bench reading the book all of that together really alienates me as a audience member it just feels like the rug's been pulled out from your feet yeah mm-hmm. for no reason mm-hmm. like i i don't mind a tragic ending if i felt like the story was building to a tragic ending but instead it's a story that is fun and having a good time even though it is at times very violent <laughs> can but you, it's, can you imagine like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and oh he he makes it through the temple and he gets the Holy Grail and he saves his dad and then like (laughs) one of the Nazis just shoots him again (laughs) 30 seconds later it's like and then Sean Connery died from cholera on the way home (laughs) exactly it just it ruins the entire experience for me because it's not fun anymore I gotcha so well okay so if that's your least favorite part what would you say is your favorite part oh it's Gustav Gustav's great. Like, mm-hmm. I really appreciate him specifically. If I had to narrow it down further, I'd probably say his relationship with Zero, but that's really about Gustav and not really about Zero because Gustav carries this film the entire yes. way through. Uh, he has a type of charm that I have not seen before where mm-hmm. you take a character that in almost any other story would be just the most annoying asshole who's stuck up and really thinks more of themselves than they should and instead you make him someone who is in a lot of ways actually very humble thoughtful very conscientious and takes care of the people around him in mm-hmm. a way that you would not expect and for no reason like when he's given that guy who is like gigantic at the prison mm. giving him the mash and being like it really needs some salt let me give you that it doesn't come across to me that he is like trying to earn his protection from that guy it yeah. feels like he's actually like I want to take care of you yeah, in the best way is, that I can that and, is his specialty and he loves to serve exactly right. <laughs> and and all of that really makes me happy to see him every time that he's on screen and it carries me through yeah. the movie um, so if I was just rating the parts of the movie that I liked, I'd probably give this a four and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. But because the ending shits the bed so badly for me, I'm going to drop it down to two out of five old lady blowjobs that were in the movie for no, no, two out of five pressure washing and a fat old guy's ass <laughs> for no reason. Cause that was horrifying. But overall, like you dropped it from a four and a half to a two. Yeah, like that real that ending really hurt wow, the movie for a, me a that's lot. A harsh, 
That's a harsh drop. Yeah, like to me, the ending of a story is one of the most important parts. If you flub that, it can it can really fuck up the entire thing. Oh, that's only like three parts to a movie. Beginning, maybe. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I feel like you three. say that about whichever part's fucked up, though. Man, I feel like a, the beginning of a story is really important. Well, like, like if you yeah. screw that up, you... if if a be- the main ninety percent be- of the movie is really important to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the thing of it is, if a beginning the movie doesn't... is really important to the movie, <laughs> if the beginning doesn't grab me, then I might not finish a movie. But a movie that's got a bad beginning and a good ending, I'll probably watch again. Yeah. But if you reverse that, I'm like, I never want to watch this movie again. I I don't appreciate it now. So like, I've had situations like that, but that's not all. That's not the ironclad rule for me. Hmm. There are some exceptions. That's fair. True. Just Andres. complete random thought. I, I just realized that I think this is the first time you've knocked down a uh, Wes Anderson movie, not because of anything to do with Wes Anderson, except for one thing, which is the ending of the movie. Like everything yeah. else is like is very much about his style and the way he makes the movies. This is like an actual narrative problem you have with it, and yeah. that's honestly. You know, surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the Wes Andersoniness is largely, to me, mitigated by Ray Fiennes mm. and a lot of the other characters. Like Jeff Goldblum is really fun when mm. he's on screen. Um, I I think that uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Zero is really fun, and I like oh, yeah. his his yeah. cute little relationship with uh, Agatha. And then you know, it's just the beginning and end with their stupid, pointless framing devices that really <laughs> annoys me. And that's the we- mm-hmm. that's the Wes Andersoniness of this. But I would yeah. forgive it if it had a better ending. Yeah, now that I think about it, this this movie is a lot more light on the Wes Anderson-ness other oh, than the, the framework, framing device helps. and such. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so I honestly don't remember much of when I first watched this movie, but watching it this time really had me hooked. I had forgotten most of it, so it was almost like watching the movie new. Uh, most favorite part, I want to particularly call out the prison escape scene again yeah. because – it is so funny and a little bit quirky, and like it plays on so many like prison escape uh, mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. but does it in its own interesting way that is very characteristically Wes Anderson, but at the same time plays on like a little bit of um, um, not quite slapstick. The the style of humor that I'm blanking on right now. Um, Give me an example. Uh. When the convict drops down to the room of guards and starts killing them, and all you see is like the shot upwards of everyone. Like, oh, oh yeah, oh god. Yeah, I know the type of humor. Yeah, you're I can't about. play. I can't put a name to it. Yeah, but like that that whole sequence, every single scene in that prison is the highlight of the movie to me. Hmm. Uh, lowest part, least favorite part. Um, honestly, I think I'm just gonna have to go with the pointless. Um, Mm-hmm. bookends with yeah, yeah, with the yeah, yeah. literal book it's like it doesn't serve any purpose it thankfully it's not there very long but it just feels like wes anderson you know calling himself out as you know being a great writer and i don't appreciate that here like there's a time and a place to do it but that, yeah uh but this doesn't work like even mm-hmm. if i'm going to sing the praises of this movie i don't think that this works in that regard but Overall, I give this um, I give this four awesome motorcycles out of five because hmm. okay. I like that motorcycle a lot. It was badass. Yeah. It, it, it had like not skis, but it had like runners on the sides so yeah. that yeah. it could go in the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part was similar to Rich, but I I think uh, I think you're sleeping on zero a lot for that relationship. Like I feel like. 
he's subtle, but for his moments, it's what really uh, drew out uh, Gustav's character yeah, for me. Yeah, I'd go along with that. Like, yeah. um, like a good salt yeah, on yeah. your mash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really makes the mat. Was it mat? Mush. 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 Yeah. yeah. Like, the scene where he goes and gets the, the little stool for him without being told or anything, mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's a really good bonding moment. The mm-hmm. scene where, like, he gets told off by Gustav, and then Gustav immediately, like, apologizes <laughs> and is terribly hurt by what he said to him. I really love. Yeah. Yeah, they and, have a really uh, great uh, relationship. Yeah, <laughs> they're them chasing the the assassin down the hillside yeah. and on a sled. <laughs> yeah, that's it's going that's way the kind too of fast. Yeah. Can you stop? I can barely steer. <laughs> <laughs> um, least favorites also the the framing device because it really just looks like uh, Wes Anderson is looking me right in the eye just with a little smirk, like you're watching a movie about a book, about a story, about a guy telling a story <laughs> about his life story. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I I think he did that on purpose, and I don't like it. Yeah, I we like can cut make... this down to one framing device, and we're good here. Yeah. I I mean, it, yeah, it him, feels like a practical him joke. Him telling his story to Jude Law, I'd be down for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, perfectly fine with just that. But uh, I think this is probably my favorite Wes Anderson movie so far. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'll give it a four out of five. Um, weird shaped escape cakes. Why didn't he, the the prison guard cut the cake? Could anyone tell me that? I think he just like yeah. I think he just assumed that it, like there was no way to hide anything flat, in there. Even though it was all perfectly tool shaped for them to no, escape. No, because no, the, I, I think specifically it's because they were so tiny. Because if you watch them like actually hammering stuff out. They're using tools that are like like dolls tools that are Yeah, that but size. I mean the cheese and the uh, the sausage and the bread that he cut up was like only slightly thicker. The only other answer that I can think of is that they were he was so moved pretty. by the arg of it. Yeah. That's the or, only thing I can think of. Or, but the movie didn't yeah. sell me on either of those. Or answers, that he so. knew who it was for and that he had won some smooth yeah, over during that. Gustav had just yeah. like he was everyone's friend. You'd now. have to show me that then. To, yeah, for me to that's buy how that. I feel about yeah. it. I could be easily convinced of it, but I just need because because I, I got something. him being all the prisoners' friends because he's going around being nice and gruel and stuff. Yeah. yeah, show us him being nice to some of the guards and the guards yeah. being like, "Oh, Gustav." I we need like a thirty-second scene, and that's done sure. or sold. I know he would care about the the artistry of this this pastry, mm-hmm. so I won't exactly. cut it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm thinking about my favorite and least favorite, um, a number of you guys brought up the framing device for mm-hmm. it. And I think specifically the girl reading the book yes, is my least exactly. favorite. I like the author narrating his book. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that, yes. And, yeah. and his book being... You know, he's got his own narration in the book mm-hmm. of him having a conversation with, Ze- old, Z- with old Zero, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Um, but the girl reading him narrating yes his book that's precisely where, my problem. Uh, yeah, that's that's the part where it steps a little bit. It's too, not it's meta. But and now, much. when like we tell people about far. this movie, we'll be telling a story about a movie about a girl reading a book about a guy's life story. It's going to be even worse when we talk about this podcast. We'll be telling a story <laughs> about a podcast about a movie about a girl reading oh a my book God. about a narration about a narration of a story that Zero is telling him about honestly, another guy. Honestly, this movie is like. A sandwich with six slices of bread on on uh, the sides. Yeah, no, you know, like we don't need all that bread. No, give, it's give just me one extra slice of bread. Slice of no, bread. it's a club sandwich. It's a club sandwich where it's good, but you're just like, I don't need that middle piece of bread. Like, get that middle piece. Is of that bread what out makes a club sandwich? Is a middle piece of bread? The club sandwich is basically like 
a, a ham and turkey with cheese. So it doesn't have to have the meal. But it's of like bread. two pieces, like it's two sandwiches stacked on top and cut into the yeah. little. Yeah. Huh. Like, well, uh, what is that, like 1.75 sandwich? It It is. It is. What's your favorite part of the club sandwich, Josh? <laughs> my favorite part is the cheese. No, my um, my favorite part of the movie is, I think it's watching, because my favorite part is Gustav, but you've said yeah. that already, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think my favorite part of Gustav is watching him be in his element in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, because even there, I think you see a bit of his compassion for the people that he works with the yeah. people that are quote unquote under him yeah. right mm-hmm. where he gives like the you know the the, the inspiring speech. speeches yeah. and yeah. he's like writing poetry for because he likes poetry but like he's writing it for them and right. stuff like that like and, and he, he doesn't... clearly cares about zero and is wanting to teach him how to do well at his job like yeah. i like all of those yeah. and so seeing that where he's in his element and he's really like the king of his domain almost yeah. Is, yeah. is really neat yeah. um yeah. I would agree with you, Brian. This is my favorite Wes Anderson movie so yeah. far. I think I have to third that. If it wasn't even even more than Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom has a special place in my heart, but mm-hmm. this movie I think is the better movie. Yes. If it weren't for I, that I, ending, I would agree with you honestly. Like mm-hmm. the ending offended me a lot, so I'm Fair bringing it enough. down. But if it wasn't for that, I'd probably put it above Moonrise Kingdom. But right now, it, the tier list is Moonrise Kingdom, this, <laughs> Isle of Dogs. And Fantastic Mr. Fox at the bottom. A friend of mine recommended one of the Wes Anderson movies when they heard that we're watching these. Like, how are you not watching, like, the best blank one? But I could not remember by today. Darjeeling Limited or whatever. But I'm really glad we ended up watching this because it was good. I'm very happy. I think this is a good one to end on. Um, Overall, I give it uh, four out of five lewd paintings. Yeah. That was a very lewd painting. painting. It was a very lewd painting. (laughs) Oh, oh, uh, uh. Favorite scene part two was uh, the punch chain reaction. I really <laughs> <laughs> hey, that fuck you. Funny, hey, yes. fuck you. <laughs> well, I, fuck we you. Didn't, we didn't really talk about him, but I love Willem Dafoe. Yes. Oh, Dafoe yeah. No, he's says excellent. says almost nothing, but he's like, he's very menacing. He's got And he's ogre also teeth. comically menacing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. He is absolutely like a uh, like a Saturday morning cartoon villain kind of menacing. Yeah, 100%. Right. Yeah. It's it's like I I could see him being one of what what's what's the opposite of the super friends they like have their base in the like Darth, uh, League of Villains the yeah. Darth Vader helmet in the, the swamp. League of Doom League of Doom that's yeah, it. yeah like I could see him being a member of the League of Doom kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah he's just he's just great <laughs> he was so menacing that I actually thought that he had killed the little baby yeah, girl at the same same yeah, same. yeah. Same. And they were just like a uh, girl's head found in basket I was yeah. like oh no not yeah and I was genuinely sad Baker. about that yeah yeah because yeah, she was nice I liked how she. I liked the little kickback she gave when Zero was like, hey, uh, if we die, here's this painting. She's like, I don't take stolen shit. Like, I'm a <laughs> I said that wrong. It was bequeathed to him. <laughs> I don't care. Well, t- Keep take, it anyway. Take it anyway. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what else you can take with you? Oh, the rest of our podcasts. Oh, amazing. Because they're available on Spotify now and on our website, opinionatedpodcast.com. Additionally, we're on social media at OpinionCast on Twitter and OpinionatedPodcast on Facebook. Feel free to reach out to us at our email address, opinionatedmoviereviews at gmail.com. We always love hearing from you guys, whether it's your thoughts on the episodes or suggestions for what we can watch in the future. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Spotify. Uh, Between that and you sharing us with your friends, it's the best way we have of getting out to new listeners. We always appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, we're opinionated.
You know, I remember vividly that I watched that movie many, many times, but mm-hmm. I can't remember a single actual I, thing about it. I can Same. remember bits of it. It feels like one of those things that as soon as I watch it again, it'll come back to me. But yeah. until then, it's just like There's just also a part of me that mastery. is afraid to watch it because yeah. I'm afraid I'll watch it and be like, this is shit. What's <laughs> it called? Uh, rock a doodle do. Rock a doodle do. Yeah, rock a doodle do. I gotta look it up. I don't think it's rock a doodle do. Yeah, yeah, just rock a doodle. Yeah, rock a doodle. Is it? An- it's anime. Oh, yeah. it is anime. Okay, I it's thought got... this is like a live action thing. Oh, no, is... the boy is live is action, this... and then he turns anime. Wait, is that Fivel? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. No. Hundred like, percent. Right? It just looks I mean, like Fivel. No. Isn't that just a cartoon? Like all cartoon mouse kind of look a lot alike. No, Fivel had a, a very unique design to it. Okay. Okay. He had a big goofy hat. Wait, and 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 the big chicken is just Elvis, basically. <laughs> I, I, it's good. Inherently, this looks like a worse version of the like Penguin and the Pebble. The what? <laughs> Did you guys ever watch that one? I, mean, no. I have yeah. watched a nostalgic critic review of it. I've never heard of this uh, before. I well, I I haven't uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> is that one of Ralph Bakshi? I feel like that was a Oh, yeah, action. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Where it's like d- d- dopey Jonah Hill. I mean, it's not played by Jonah Hill, but, but it's, it a might, jo- it's a Jonah Hill If penguin. it was done today, it would yeah. be played by Jonah Hill. Yeah, yeah. J- yeah. Jonah Hill penguin has to impress a sexy penguin with an emerald, but also there's Dwayne The Rock Johnson penguin who's trying to stop him. When you said Wait, sexy is penguin? is that actual... Dwayne the Rock Johnson. In no, this? and it's all, okay. it's not Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and it's also not Jonah Hill. But I mean, I'd watch it. But if you it get had the idea of the kind of penguins that they are. When you said sexy penguin, my first thought was Loli, Lola Bunny as a penguin, and I'm not comfortable with where my brain went. So <laughs> maybe you should be. You're, you're uncomfortable with the things that uh, unlocked in you a little bit. It's <laughs> a pretty good. Uh... I, I taped those down real shut, real quiet. <laughs> What's the girl duck from Daffy Duck? Daisy? I've seen some pretty good Daisy stuff out there. I what? think, I think Beak is doable. What do you mean, why? I mean, why? <laughs> why did you, did you actively because look Because he was masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know if Beaks can be sexy. No. Regular anthropomorphic All right, Brian, stuff can be sexy. find me a sexy Beak. Yeah. Don't ask him to do that because you know he's going to draw. You know he's well, gonna I mean, I've already fucking well, okay. got it. And here, no, and okay. He's got a folder just for oh sexy beaks. <laughs> he figured to, it out. It yes, doesn't have to just be, be the beak, but the mm. beak needs to be sexy. Oh, there's nothing Brian likes more than fantasizing about a bill job. He has talked <laughs> about duck penis a lot. No more than other genitalia. Look, no, here, more than others. The, like, there's here, a couple others that are in rotation, but you've talked about duck penis more than anyone else I know. Here's here's the reason that it's weird, Brian, is because is because animated movies specifically design some characters to be sexy, right? Yeah. When, when they were designing Lola Bunny, it's like, what if Bugs Bunny, but sexy? And they already so did that. Didn't so, you see all the times he cross-dressed? And mm. so, all right, learn new things about you as well. Uh, so they like intentionally designed Lola Bunny to be a hot bunny, right? No one did that with Daisy. Daisy is not Brian. No, Brian. Yeah. No, no, get yeah. Out of here. No, See, yeah. That, that is not <laughs> that. Okay. While that is a an attractive what female fuck, shape, Brian? what you mean? What the, the fuck? The beak itself would not say sexy. But the beak doesn't draw away from it the way I thought it would. It does for me. What about that? Yeah, that's still drawing away. Wow, okay, right Jesus. The beak is drawing away less, but that's the probably beak because... The beak in Rockadoodle is awful. <laughs> because that's a little disturbing It's a tiny, a weird little beak. Did you want that one? <laughs> no, I don't. No, Brian, I don't want anything 
nothing so to do with So what you're saying ducks. is beak size does matter. <laughs> yes. Okay. Hold on. Let me print. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. That's, That's not creepy. good. What? No, it's like no. They tried it, it's to make better, it a little be- too much like a mouth. No, it's yeah. better than a duck bill. I think. No. I think my problem mm-hmm. is it looks like Sal's mouth. It's that Sal it, one. It looks like it's yeah. in the in the spot where a nose should go. Uh, also. Yeah. And so, like, it's combining the mouth nose. Feature into one. I mean, that's that's a beak. That is a beak. No, that's <laughs> fair. I'm just saying, like, as a as a imitation of an attractive female face. So that kind of are you saying it, it should have a bill and then a nose on top of it? Would that turn you on? But it's a bird. What would not, its nose look no, like? No, like it's just could, a beak for the mouth and then another beak for the nose. <laughs> yes, exactly. I I am not an artist and I am not in charge of creating sexy ducks, so I hey, don't know. Brian. I don't think anyone should be. Ducks shouldn't. <laughs> ducks should not be sexy. Just put that in your resume. You know, sexy I feel like creator. you're being a little judgmental here. Oh, <laughs> let, yeah. let people have yeah, their fetish. Yeah. Look, okay, no, I am being a little judgy because I found like I stumbled. Because when I was young, a duck came into my room at night. And <laughs> absolutely not. No, I, I am being judged because there's a ton of weird shit out there, and I, I, I like. Something came across on Reddit, and I saw it, and I was like, you know what? I got to show this to Brian. And then I sh- I showed it to you first, and you're like, oh, yeah, Brian already knows about oh, that. Oh, yeah, Brian definitely yeah. knows about cars fuck- or dragons fucking cars. Yeah. Why but how about cars fucking dragons? Because someone yeah. was like, this yeah, would be funny, course. and people ran with the joke. And The website that that is predominantly on is really fucked up. I'm, like, really fucked up. I'm sure. Like Coming really from Brian, I'm okay. scared to go. I am too, yeah. actually. Don't, I was, don't give us I the address. I was a fair amount younger to it, but I, I'll i talk to you about it later. This is <laughs> fucked up. It should. It's, you know, it, like, Dragon's fucking car is okay, but when it starts getting into, like, the... Like the go karts and the bumper cars and like that. Oh gosh, that's I'm just, curious. That's a line that can't be how, crossed. How many of these pictures did you look at? I I I saw Enough this on Reddit and then I was like, hold I on, is this a meme thing? Is this like Super Bowls where you look where you go to it and it's just a bunch of pictures of owls because it's I think it's one, owls? I think it's one of those things to where you get into it as a joke and then you realize you can't get a boner any other I, way. I, I, <laughs> got, I, got, I got out of it before then, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. He can still get a boner other ways. He's just not as happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a Treyu and a Prius. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Do you think go-karts are baby cars? Can we just talk no, about oh, weird yeah. RC cars, internet sure. fetishes? No, no, that, that's what I'm saying. Go cars, little toy tyke ones, the okay. big wheels. Yeah, the big wheel, the no. the ones with the actual motor in them. The, oh, not like the, the Barbie jeeps. Yeah, so you is think... that the one that really gets it going for you? No, he was asking what what's a uh, young car. I would ask. This is you need cut. young. You no, need young cars to get it going, Dang, dude. Because we're starting to talk into what the what's the child porn equivalent of cars. <laughs> oh, God. No, like, no, this is like the hot young teens of cars. I want to know. No, it's not. I want to know if a go kart is. A child car or a hobbit car? <laughs> hobbit car. Like, are they are there different races Josh, of cars the way they're? Hear are me out on races? this. Hmm. I think no one cares yes, about. Yes, but it's the different brands. Okay, yeah. Like I a think Toyota and a Ford are different <laughs> different races of cars. <laughs> the Fords are orcs. Anyway, do you think that people care more about <laughs> the different weird fetishes that are out there or Wes Anderson movies? Because personally, 